Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the OrcoCast. My name is the Orcosaurus, and in this podcast I'm talking to indie game developers about their games and the video game industry in general. So if you like my show, then please consider subscribing on YouTube, thumb the video up, ring the bell, leave a comment, and if you're listening to one of the many podcast platforms, please consider us giving a review, and if you want to support us, please check out our Patreon. Thank you everyone, and now on to the show. Here we go. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Orcocast. This time with me is Frosted Fierce. Hello there. How's it going? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so uh, my name is Mason. I go by Frosted Fierce as a developer and here on the internet because it's just more catchy. I'm 30 and I live in Fort Worth, Texas. And dude, I, I make games just straight up. I'm also a big outdoorsy person. So when I'm not making games, you can find me putting down some serious miles on whatever trail tickles my fancy. Have a dog, girlfriend. It's good stuff. More well known here for uh, developing the Happy Bones series. Uh, two games out, Happy Bones. One is just called Happy Bones and Happy Bones Infernal, which is a sequel to that one. And of course, I'm working on a, another game right now called Plunder Hunter. It is a uh, shoot 'em up game. Let's, let's just dive right into it. I played a little bit of Happy Bones because I was curious, obviously, you have to prepare a little bit for the podcast. Certainly. Did, did, you, you... did you like it? Did I, I will tell you. Um... <laughs> okay, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> I, I liked it, but I also, I'm somebody who also likes RPG Maker games, so it wasn't all that much of hard sell, and I'm going to tell you something, and I have a question as well. Yes. Did you do all the art yourself? I did. Everything in that game I did myself. That is awesome because this is the one main thing that immediately stands out about it. The art style because it's so different from everything else that I've played. Uh, I have to admit that I mostly play RPG Maker games for the titties and for the not safe for work content. Uh, but yours also was very interesting and stood out a lot. I'm sorry the first game didn't have didn't have that many titties, but uh, don't don't you worry the the, the second one's got titties. But... It's fine, it's fine. I can also live without the titties. So, hey, how did you get into game development? I, I guess that story starts back in like 1998, 99. Uh, basically, growing up, uh, I have a brother, younger brother. His name's Tyler. Uh, my dad came home one day and he said, "Hey, I installed this this program on the laptop, like." y'all should learn how to do it i've done some cool stuff on there and it was game maker it wasn't game maker studio not game maker two three four five six seven eight and this is like the og game maker and we just got started and i'm sure somebody that's listening to this is going to be all like oh, dang kids used to program games in assembly language and if that's you i truly respect the heck out of that but that's that's how we got started it was clunky engine it was limited we spent absolutely just hundreds of hours making various games playing playing games that you know we as siblings would make for each other and a few years later we'd find rpg maker 2000 and we did the same thing that just you know messed around till we figured it out and we've been making games ever since it wasn't until 2021 we actually managed to release one successfully though and that was that was happy bone so that is very interesting what initially or why did you initially decide to use the rpg maker engine i mean it's an engine it's, it's basically baby's first engine but it's it is one for your first game so honestly man i'm a talentless hack 
I can I can draw pictures, but but don't ask me to 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 do much beyond that. My brother is much more the programming mind, but uh, he wasn't able to help too much on that project, so just give him some insight. So basically, I'm a very artsy person. I am limited by what I can create by my inability or lack of ability to program and write scripts. RPG Maker is a great engine. I think it's the perfect engine for me. You know, it's just that unicorn situation. Like, yeah, I can draw stuff, I can make music, but I can't quite program, right? See, I can't make music and can't draw shit. <laughs> I can't even program. You told me before that you, when it comes to the second game, you switched engines. I so, did, so. Yeah. yeah, so I switched to Smile Game Builder. Um, RPG edition. It's it's also on Steam. Okay, and what did why did you decide to switch engines for the second game? So I, I guess it all kind of goes around that. Like, look, there, if if you like RPG Maker games, you, you know there's a stigma around RPG Maker games. Put things in perspective. I, I've been working on Happy Bones one since like 2018 in RPG Maker, and maybe I was just a little sick of the engine. But a lot of people want to dump on that engine. I think it's great. I love it. I love everything that comes out of it, uh, but you know, that doesn't add up for everybody out there on the internet. So I'm like, okay, maybe to get this one taken a little more seriously, I'll up the game here. I will, I will try and make this in Unity. Well, I tried that. I, I just sucked. So I'm like, okay, there's gotta be an alternative here. So I tried the, you know, the RPG Maker MV3D plugin and that was too complicated. And so I started looking around and I found Smile Game Builder and I played around with that. I'm like, you know what? This has potential here. And so I started building something and that, that's what came Happy Bones Infernal. And I really like that engine. Um, I will say it it does have its limitations though. Like all the engines? What kind yeah, of so limitations? So, okay. So with our RPG Maker MV, I'm pretty, look, with, with its plugin system, you can make that whatever you want. You can change pretty much every aspect of that. Um, so big pros and cons of Smile Game Builder is pros, it's 3D. It looks nice. It exports to Unity. It's a lot easier to export it um, games to other platforms than RPG Maker was. But what you see is kind of what you get there in terms of the UI. It's incredibly difficult if you want to change around, like say a menu, uh, how the party looks. You, uh, I don't know what you'd have to do. It's beyond me. <laughs> Which I changed pretty much everything in that game except except the user interface by using Smile Game. Um, I'm sure somebody out there can, because uh, it has the ability to export directly to Unity. I'm sure you could export to Unity and just go nuts with it. But well, yeah, like we talked about, I'm I'm, I'm a talentless hacker. I, I can just draw stuff. <laughs> And like I already said, you already have those that advantage over me, for example. And this is what stood out for me about your game is, like I already said, is your art style. And I think that's that's a lot already because, and here is why RPG Maker has such a bad rep, rep in the gaming sphere on the internet, wherever. A lot of people just use stock assets and make them games with that and then charge money for it. It's basically an asset flip. Which you didn't do. Of RPG Maker games always have a little bit of a unified look, like you said, it's always the same menus and whatever. But I think still your game stands out just by the sheer execution of things that you paint it or draw. Uh, draw, draw, draw. Oh my god, my English is collapsing. <laughs> just okay. because you okay. draw everything yourself. And I mean, uh, 
I, I guess I was kind of trying to make it like that because <clears throat> so back in 2016, we'd also tried to release uh, another RPG Maker game uh, before Happy Bones. And back then, they had Steam Greenlight. Like, the, the community has not always been there. Um, I think it's considerably easier, more positive experience to release an RPG Maker game nowadays versus, like, it was six years ago. So, like, back in 2016, we were trying to release our first RPG. You had to go through what's called Steam Greenlight. And it was basically a platform where you'd upload a trailer for your game and people on Steam would vote on it for you to gain the right uh, to release your game at all. It was like a $300 submission fee and you had to get it voted on. Well, of course, our game was RPG Maker. We spent a lot of time on it and it wasn't the best looking game, but to this day, I'll say it was very fun. It was good. And of course, the stigma to RPG Maker games, that's a big barrier to entry. Uh, it's too low and people just make these games using default assets. And well, yeah, a lot, a lot like we were just saying there, but uh, people just don't think it's enough work to merit a game worthy of seeing the light of day which it's really absolutely silly because even with the default assets like you can make a solid game people make you know unity games all the time with the with the default store assets and the release that you know i don't think the engine matters so much as what comes out of it there's 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 some uh there's some saying about like a you give somebody a paintbrush and a masterpiece or something like that but uh yeah no we we definitely got bullied back in 2016 for trying to release a uh, an rpg maker game on there and we actually never released that because we could not get it to pass but nowadays you just pay your hundred dollars submission fee to steam direct and boom there you go you release your game if it sells it sells uh, the people who want to play it can play it and add it to their steam library and people who have no desire to play it all they don't play it it's great it's simple yeah that that is true so to come a bit back to your game overall yeah, yeah. was the switching of the engine particularly hard for you or did you find it more like ah oh, this just flows actually nice and well it was very hard um so in happy bones one i it, it was it's basically your typical top-down rpg right and i could add atmosphere and whatever much i wanted and then switching over to smile game builder and 3d where it, it's just it was really weird switching from a 2d environment over to a 3d engine where you have camera angles and stuff and that's that's actually um probably one of the biggest feedbacks i've gotten is um, the camera angles in happy bones infernal which has made smile game builder absolutely horrid in them. I apologize for that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's fine. I mean, you, you live and you learn. Yeah. So if you could make your games again, what would you change? So it, it's crazy that you mentioned that because over the last couple of weeks, I've I have literally thought at least once a day, like, you know, what would Happy Bones like one be like if I could remake it in like the Smile Game Builder engine? I don't think I'm going to do that because I just I like RPG Maker as an engine. Um, I think I like it more. And if I were to ever make like a sequel or a third like Happy Bones game, I think I'd probably go back to RPG Maker. But I would definitely add um, overworld enemies because I you, you had shown me some uh, screenshots earlier. I'm like, oh, wow, that's a really good idea. Um, if I could redo Happy Bones 1, I definitely would have probably added a, a prologue um, just to kind of explain the character's backstory a little more, because uh, as it stands now, you can go through the entire like first game and yeah, if, if you don't want to know what's going on, you don't have to know what's going on. You'll get the majority of the story just from uh, reading stuff like notes that are left, diary entries, things like that. But I don't think I like that so much now as I did when I was making it. When I was making it, I was, I was, I was sucked in the dark souls, you know? I'm like, like, you don't have to, you don't have to physically spoon feed people's story. But, but, but Orcosaurus, my man, I, I'm gonna be real with you. I like being spoon fed story. <laughs> 
I'm gonna tell you one thing uh, where we disagree. I hate being okay. spoon-fed a story. I'm the exact opposite, and here is why. And this is why I enjoyed your style of storytelling a lot more. Yeah. I'm somebody who wants to go immediately into the action, and I like exploring, I like discovering, and I'm, I'm very much a Dark Souls kind of guy when it comes to the storytelling. Yeah. I don't have an issue with the story being, or parts of the story being told to me, but what I like is I get the basic setup and I find the details myself. And that mainly sure, also, yeah. and that also mainly stems from one fact. I play a lot of titty games. I already said that. I also play a lot of titty games in RPG Maker. And these games are always front loaded with two hours of exposition dump. Getting some titties. <laughs> no, no, I don't. I don't have to get to the titties right away. That's not the point. Sure. The point is just give me fucking gameplay. I am not here to read a fucking novel. I want to play a fucking game. <laughs> okay, fair, fair, fair. <laughs> yeah, that, that, but hey, that, that tracks. That checks out, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, if I want to if I want to read a book, I read a book. You know, I never I never thought of it that way. But yeah. So, so yeah, the, in, the se in the second game, it's like completely different. Uh, and you, you probably wouldn't like the second game as much because it's... It's very exposition-y. Um, yeah, compared I've... to the first game, it's like you're you're in the actions. Like, boom, you're fighting a cockroach in three minutes. Let's go. I will admit there's like 10 minutes of cutscenes in the second. I mean, that's like I said, I don't mind that. It's just yeah. when you when I when I need two hours before I get to the gameplay, that then there is a problem, obviously. When there's titties promised. And, All right. Yeah, and we, we can we can. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> everywhere. Um, don't front load it. So here is a tip from a backseat game developer for everyone who's listening. Do not front load your games with exposition dumps. It's not fun. It's, it's not fun. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess you're one man show. Um, so, okay. So historically it's been me and my brother and he's kind of stepped away for, um, he helped, um, write some of the plugins for happy bones one. <clears throat> And uh, he was my primary tester on that. He didn't have a whole lot to do with Happy Bones Infernal. If, if you're looking at it, I, I did 90% of it. Uh, Happy Bones Infernal, I did that when I was just laid up in bed injured. Like that, that was me 100%. But he, he has come back just to help on coming games. He was, uh, he was going through a period of his life where he was transitioning uh, from the military back to civilian life. So he didn't really have a whole lot of time, but he, he'll be back in the game. Okay, yes, so you're, you're a two-man show. Yes, yeah, so we're, we're, we're a duo, but what you see has been basically a one-man show. I mean, he still did something, as you said, except for Infernal, which is 100% you. And that's actually pretty cool. So I like that. Your brother is more the programmer type. You already said that. Yep. So and th that's it right there. We're like we're like the perfect team. <clears throat> he can't draw worth a crap. And hey, that's awesome because I can't program worth a crap. It's amazing. Like a computer go brr. You know, <laughs> that's about where I'm at. <laughs> I like that. It's actually quite quite cool. So if you or what inspired you or I. I mean, I, I like to always point to, or to to some extent, to influences to see where a developer comes from. So you already mentioned Dark Souls. 
So I guess there is a bit of Dark Souls DNA in Happy Bones, at least in the first one. I'm not so sure about Infernal because I didn't play that. What else yeah, is in there? So let's see. Um, hey, I'm, I'm very forthcoming with this. I get a lot of pe people dropping, um, you know, similarities to Earthbound, and I, I'll just come out and say it. Um, I have I have not beaten Earthbound. I, I like the game, but I haven't got that far into it. So I wouldn't say that that's an influence. Uh, Sweet Home for the Ness is probably where I drew the biggest influence, at least for Happy Bones 1 setting. Uh, as far as like Happy Bones 2 or Happy Bones Infernal, I'd say it was probably more Persona inspired. Um, I, I think that's pretty blatant. I, I did my best not to be a complete rip off of that game on that one though, you know. But I do like I do like just the older RPGs, you know, your, your classics. Uh, Final Fantasy VI, probably my favorite RPG to this day. Um, I, I played the crap out of that growing up. Um, yeah, just, just really all the big ones, you know. Okay, so the uh, let's let's say very cautiously the usual influences that somebody would have growing up in the nineties. Yes, I I I'm very open about it. I was born in ninety two. I am I am I am thirty. So I I think I hit the golden age of gaming. Many would disagree, but I I got all the great RPGs on the Super Nintendo. I was around when the the N sixty four came about. There were not any RPGs on that, unfortunately. But the PS one era came, and I think that was a treasure trove. And yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. Somebody in the nineties. I mean, there's there's people always saying the time when they started gaming for them is the golden age so for me the golden age is a little bit earlier i'm a bit older than you i would yeah. say at the end of the 80s start of the 90s like i got my first console when i was six years old what, what? and it was the gray game boy hey that was a great system though that it had some was. great rpgs too you had final fantasy adventure on there which spawned the secret of mana series oh yeah yeah i had yeah. some fun there so Absolutely. like i said uh like i said that that was basically my where my golden age started and then obviously i also got the old nes and the snes so i oh, wow. had the luck to play all of those and then at one point i got a pc and it just went from there when it comes to rpgs i'm a huge fan of crpgs as well so there is that um, I'm a big I'm a big fan of ARPGs myself. Um, you mentioned getting a PC and like one of uh one of my favorite memories growing up was my my parents would go to bed and keep in mind I'm like in kindergarten so I'm like five. So like I'd sneak into the laundry room where we kept like this this massive computer and I'd get on there and play Diablo one because there's no way they would ever let me play that game. But uh, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I have similar, similar stories with Super Castlevania 4. <laughs> okay, uh, when we, when we look, or when, when you look at Happy Bones, do you consider your franchise so far a success? It, it has been, a, it has been a success. I'll say it, uh, it, it has sold considerably, considerably more copies than I expected it would, um, given what it is and the engine it's on. Um, People have illegally pirated about eight times more copies than I have sold. So, so somebody out there is playing it, right? <laughs> so I consider it a success. That that's great to hear. I'm I'm always happy when the developer says, "Yeah, it, it, for me it was a success." So yeah. you're not doing game development full time, I guess. So it's more of a hobby thing. It is more of a hobby thing. Um, so basically, I work as a, a healthcare provider here in the DFW Metroplex. 
Um, what I do is I'm, I'm like an EMT for warehouses. So they send me all over the country and stuff. But when I'm doing those trips, you know, I'll always take my laptop and I'll work on stuff. So it is my primary hobby, I would say. But I think it's my primary hobby and the way that I can integrate all my other hobbies being, uh, you know, composing music or drawing, animating into it. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So picture this. Let me let me take you back. All right, we're going back. We are going back. It is the 90s. It's the so. 90s very hot summer day. You have some allowance money from your parents. You can go to Blockbuster. You can buy some soft drinks. You can buy a bag of chips. You go home. You have some ice cubes for those soft drinks. You have a bag of chips at the ready. Which game did you rent from Blockbuster? When I went to Blockbuster, okay, we would rip the same game over and over again. <laughs> it was Pokemon Snap for the 64. <laughs> so it has nothing to do with RPGs, like, but no, like, it, it was a fun game. I mean, if, if you rented it for a hot summer day, so be it. Yeah, yeah. I think we probably rented that like a dozen times. <laughs> like, as, after it came out, we, we were in there, they had the sticker machine and everything. All uh, went nuts. But I guess that was during the height of, like, not that Pokemon's not popular now, but it was it was a craze then. So I, I wouldn't say that's a big influence, though, <laughs> clearly. Yeah, Happy Bones isn't happy enough to have, have Pokemon in it. <laughs> So, you already told me that you had the luxury of getting Game Maker, basically, when you were very young. Yeah. But did you have, like, an epiphany at one point where you just said, Holy crap, I played this game and now I want to make a game like this. And what game was it? I think that I started taking RPG Maker a little more seriously when I played Final Fantasy X. Uh, so I was probably around like 13, 14 when I finally played it. And that game moved, you know, and that, I guess that kind of made me switch my primary focus from Game Maker over to RPG Maker, just cause, well, yeah, it's Final Fantasy X, it's an RPG. But I, I guess the emotion that it was able to, to bring out in me, I thought that would just be cool as hell if I could make anything remotely similar or close to that. Nice. That is a very, very cool story. I mean, a lot of people love Final Fantasy X and were inspired by it in some way or another. Is there anything you want to tell the audience right now? Where can we find you, for example? Yeah, so I'm, I'm over on Twitter. Uh, primarily just Twitter. Um, <clears throat> Frosted Fears on Twitter, at Frosted Fears. Like, like the spooky cereal, right? But, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's it. Or on Steam. Uh, we have a we have a really, I have a small but very, very kind and tight knit community on Steam, um, in both uh, both the Happy Bones forums and the Happy Bones Infernal forums. And honestly, I think th I think that's probably been the best part of of making games. You know, even even if my game sold like crap, like the community that I've actually amassed. I know that sounds cliche, but but it's true. Like there there are some really solid people, especially after the failure launch of our game in 2016 and all the we'll just call it online bullying because that's what it was. Like yeah, like it's great. I'm happy to hear that that you basically recuperated from that and just got your game out there. So before I come to the industry to the gaming industry. One last question. Yeah. So you said people bullied you about your first release. Was it because it just used stock assets or what, what happened there? If you want to talk about it, if not, we move. Yeah, so we'll talk about it. it uh, there were no stock assets in that. 
Uh, it was not hand-drawn. You can probably still find some stuff out there on it. It was it's called Leaves of Autumn. And I've, I've thought about thought about remaking it, but, but I don't think I'm gonna. Uh, but we had, we had worked on that for a hot minute. And I think people just didn't like it because it was an RPG Maker game. Uh, a lot of the people that were downvoting it and, and like, oh, this game looks awful. I'd click on their profiles and you know, the people that were able to vote on it back then, they'd never played an RPG on their life. Or, or, at, le or at least they hadn't on Steam. But, um, okay. I, I will, no, I, I will admit that there are some things I could have done better and at least showing the game off. So I think, well, looking back, my launch trailer for that game versus the one I have for Happy Bones, it's night and day, okay? Um, my art was not as good back then. My music was not as good back then, okay? Uh, there wasn't a whole lot of info given to the people. Not, I'm not trying to support <laughs> the Steam Greenlight platform anyway. I thought that was a terrible idea, but but I will admit my faults where, where I find I mean, like, a, like we already said earlier, you learn and you grow. Absolutely. So one last question. One last question and then go to the industry because I wanted to ask you that too and I completely forgot about it until now. You made the music yourself, right? Yes, I made the music myself. The, the combat music in Happy Bones is an absolute banger. I love that. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've heard that. Oh, I'll, have, I'll have to send it to you. Somebody actually remixed it and they sent it to me. I, I was gonna... I, I thought about putting it out there but I'm like, oh, no. But no, I'll have to send it to you. Um, Thank you, thank you, truly thank you. Just, just so you know. <laughs> okay, so let, let's go over to the gaming industry. So, are you up to date with what's happening in the gaming industry, or are you just tangentially, let's say, play video games that you like and don't keep up with it? So, my man, I, I'm not even up to date on my local news. <laughs> But I will say that as far as the big companies go and what's going on, I think I do have a, a solid grasp of like the big events. Like I know Blizzard's still acting like a fool. Uh, I know that because you know I'm a big fan of their games. And Diablo Immortal comes out in two days. Um, but I know that they've been having scandals and stuff. Um, there's some stuff that came out about Nintendo recently about how they're just treating their employees like like crap. But beyond that, I, I don't really. Okay, so one question I always like to ask is what if you could change one thing about the current gaming industry what would that be so i think i would make it more accessible and i can honestly say at least just from what i've noticed from being a part of it for the last actively like six years it has become more accessible you know six years ago i could not release a game you know people just would not allow it <clears throat> nowadays 2022 it's actually really easy to release a game not just on steam but it's really easy to port your game over to iphone android uh, heck you can get your game published on switch now I was testing out Happy Bones Infernal on my Xbox the other day. You know, it's, I think it's becoming, it's becoming a lot easier for everybody to get in there. And, you know, I want to see what everybody's got, right? You hand a hand, you hand, you hand a canvas to, to one person, it's going to be completely different than you hand a canvas to another person, tell them to draw something, right? And I just think it's going to be really interesting to see where it goes, because I have no shortage of games to play now. Um, there's so many indie games on on the Switch, on Xbox, and the app stores. I, I love it. You know, going back to the 90s, like, you had three companies. You had Nintendo, you had Sony, and for a little bit, you had Sega. And it was up to them what got published. And we've kind of lifted the curtain on that and opened the floodgates. You know, not every game out there is, is a masterpiece. 
but it might be a masterpiece to somebody if it's not me, right? So, so I just like the variety, you know, and I like that we're moving towards an age where not only is it becoming easier to make games, it's becoming easier to get those games that you make into the hands of somebody who, who can truly be touched by it. Yes, I agree. That's actually a fairly good point. But what you didn't answer is because you started out with, I, I would like to see more accessibility and you already admitted it, it's getting more accessible. But what would you like to see? What, what should still change to make stuff more accessible? Or let's say developers, so they can put their game out there. That, that's a that's a tough one. I I, di I didn't study for this work, Owen. <laughs> um, I, I know, but that's the fun <laughs> of it. Catching oh, you like off it. guard. <laughs> um, here, can I ask you the same thing? And maybe I can just kind of echo off over here. <laughs> so, what would I like to see? What? I'm kind of I'm kind of stumped right now. So what, what I would like to see is, I would like to see a more, I mean, that's basically something that the Unreal Engine already provides. But one thing that would be nice to see is that the porting for developers would be easier okay. to different systems. Because I still feel like that the easiest or the most approachable platform to make your own game on and to also get it out there because there's itch.io they will just publish almost anything and steam also takes your game as long as you put up the what hundred dollar fees or two hundred dollar yeah. fees okay and you know, now I, yeah yeah like i said i would like to see more opportunities to port it easier to other systems like for example linux or mac or even just on the switch because the switch is very indie friendly the most indie friendly console actually that we have oh, at the yeah, moment uh, because th th this is this is something i would like to see and another thing that i would like to see is also funding that indie game devs who want to make their game can get maybe a small grant to hire someone to make art assets for them for example it doesn't have to be the world like I don't know, $10,000 or something, it just is enough if they give you like, what, $500, and you get a good artist and you make some base assets, something like that. No, that's, that actually, yeah, no, I, I agree with all of that. Um, but what you said about funding, see, I hadn't thought about that because, you know, I've, I haven't spent a whole lot to make my games. I've only ever been out the price of the engine and more recently the price of uh, the um, vocalist just to um, sing the title theme for Half Bones Infernal but <clears throat> in one of your last episodes uh, Recombobulator actually mentioned that and they ran out of it was, that was actually getting really sad there for a bit because uh, they were talking about this game and I'm like oh this sounds great I'm like uh, yeah, we're we're kind of paused on development because we ran out of funding. I'm like, oh, oh, oh man! I, I, if I had known there was a Kickstarter, I, I would have donated to them. But that that is a really good point. Yeah, because Recombobulator, I, I know these guys. I have been I've been following their project for a very long time. Actually, I played the alpha. I still remember that, and I fell in love with that game. And like you said, there is something out there for everyone. And I, for me personally. I wouldn't say it's a tragedy, but it, it's somewhat of a personal letdown that their Kickstarter got nowhere because it's a legit great game. And that is something I would love to see. I don't know. I think it is a tragedy. You know, you got to think like these people are pouring their heart and soul hours and hours of work, hours of their lives. They're never going to get back into something. And, you know, I, may, I guess that's what separates 
me from other developers is I don't have the balls. Like, I'll just own up to it. I don't have the balls to make a big budget game like that. Like, like I want to. If I had the budget, oh yeah, we're, we're going to town. And, you know, so I've just kind of limited myself to what I can do my, myself, basically. But that's fair. You... Yeah. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that oh I don't have the balls or whatever. I think it's it's a fair point to say, hey, I'm gonna limit myself to my capabilities and that's okay. Like I don't know, if you if you had like a decent budget, let's say, unlimited, who who would be your gaming adventures adventures? Who would you hire to make a game with you? Man. I never thought of that. Uh, I, I I definitely hire you because I hear you're like a really good voice actor. I'm not. For stars. I'm, I'm like. No, I, 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 I heard your German voice line the last episode. And I'm like, oh, wow, that was really good. Um, I I definitely hire a solid art team because, yeah, I like doing all my own art at the same time. I will admit I'm not the best. As far as music goes, I think I'd probably keep that closer to my heart because I think I'm a little more adept at that i definitely hire a writer um not not to spoon feed exposition to people but just to have a more cohesive and flowing storyline and i probably hire some 3d modelers because I, I i really like i really like just the the 3d aspect of games um i think it brings out a lot in an rpg that so, programmers because 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 uh, i can't program <laughs> i mean you you also need programmer right uh programmers. yeah so let me ask you this if you look at the current state of blizzard because you said you're a fan and Diablo Immortal comes out in two days when we record this. If you look at Blizzard, what do you think do they need to change to get back in the good graces of people? Because they fucked up royally. Oh man, they have a long uphill hike to get back in any good graces. I honestly say it. They've they've been sour with me for a while. I like their games. You know, there there's art and then there's artists, right? I like their art. I don't like their artists, you know, like, just speaking hypothetically here. Yeah. Um, I'm really pumped for Diablo Immortal. Uh, they really screwed up. Uh, they've had scandal after scandal. It seems like every other bad piece of gaming news is coming from Blizzard right now. And even when I, I'm excited to play Diablo Immortal and I just keep thinking back to their stupid BlizzCon. They're like, you guys don't have phones? Like, no, your presentation was just garbage. It wasn't the people. Your presentation was horrible. You know, I mean, I've, I've, I've changed on that by now. I'm actually looking forward to it, but um, I don't know. You know, they, a lot of damage has been done. You know, I know Microsoft just bought them, but even then that's like, it's like buying tainted peanut butter, right? It's, it's still screwed up. <laughs> Tainted peanut butter. Yeah. I've never read yeah. that allegory. I love it. Well, I say that because we just had a big salmonella outbreak of the the Jif peanut butter brand here. Ah, oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> I've, I've got that. I've got some. I can mail it to you if you can try it. It tastes about the same. But no, like, thank you. <laughs> I'm, okay. I'm I'm good. I'm good when it comes to peanut butter. <laughs> I only like it crunchy anyway, so. <laughs> fair, fair. Okay, so Blizzard has this huge uphill battle, you say. Do you think they can ever come back? So even if they made, like, just an awesome game, if they truly just made another World of Warcraft, and it was a major success, it would it would take, it, it'd take probably five, ten years for the pain from this burn that they've inflicted upon their entire player base to go away, you know? Um, I don't know they can come back. I don't have a whole lot of faith in them. Like, as far as, like, my perception of them goes 
to be able to return from that. Because, yeah, they'll make an apology for every single thing that they do. They apologized after the China scandal. They, they apologized after they, it seems like they let employees go like every month, but they're always doing something else just to, just to pee in everybody's Cheerios, you know? I feel like if you were truly trying to make changes, you'd make changes. You know, you'd, you'd think about this stuff ahead of time and you wouldn't do, you wouldn't do stupid crap, <laughs> right? No, I mean, stupid crap will always be there. So let's be honest, because big business sure. is always big shit. Yes, I, I agree with you on that one. <laughs> <laughs> and and I'm not I'm not even somebody who says burn out burn down all capitalism, but like I already saying, I repeat ad nauseum, you don't have to make you don't have to make all the money in the world to do something that is worth doing. Yeah. So. If you... What, what's your current favorite game that you played? Hmm. That, that's... That's like asking a mother of three which one is like, what's your favorite kid? Um, so like in the last like couple months? Yeah, like exactly. Last... In, in, in the last couple of months. So this one really surprised me. Um, but it is actually an Apple Arcade exclusive called Fantasian. And it's an RPG because... <laughs> I'm just a slut for RPGs. <laughs> but but uh, it, it's really good. It's got some unique mechanics. Um, yeah, I guess my only gripe is you can only get it if you're subscribed to Apple Arcade, but I'm, I'm about 20 hours deep on that right now, and I'm, I'm a big fan. I, I hope they continue that series. I hope it, it gets recognition, because um, I hadn't heard anything of it until they gave me the free trial of Apple Arcade. I was like, oh, look, that looks nice. Basically, the art style is great. Um, the, the entire settings are made from like miniature sets and like dioramas, so that's cool. They have this really unique feature too, where you can you can kind of turn off random encounters, but the the catch is every time you run into a random encounter, it adds how many monsters there would be into like a pool, and when that pool fills up, you gotta fight them all at once. <laughs> so you can, you can only skimp out for so long. But it's it's one of the more unique RPGs I've played in a while. So I, that would definitely be an easy favorite for me. I hear lately. Okay, that's interesting. Normally, I get more I, I get more the usually bigger releases. So I, I like to hear that at least someone also plays niche stuff once in a while. I mean, I call it niche stuff. It's basically on a huge platform, Apple Arcade, but yeah, yeah. you know I, what I, I have, mean. I have, I have not beat Elden Ring yet. I haven't even really played much of it. I got past uh, Margot, and uh, I haven't really played it since. So, so I, I, that may have been it, but don't, I didn't get into it as much. Don't tell anyone, but I booted it up, made my character, and then quit out because I had to do something else and never got back to it. Oh no! <laughs> Your secret's safe with me. Okay, very good, very good. Hopefully nobody records this. Yeah, ho hopefully. <laughs> okay, so, and now comes the mean question, the one with the mother and the three children. What's your favorite game of all time? Final Fantasy VI. Okay, fair. I I'll allow it. All right, fair. Or Final okay. Fantasy III if you're in the USA. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. 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 Who knows okay. anymore? What is the... I mean, you have a skeleton avatar, you call yourself Frosted Fierce. What's the scariest gaming experience that you ever had? Can be mm. something that happened while gaming? Maybe somebody tried to break into your apartment, let's hope not. Or you were so scared by a game that you just stopped playing immediately, something like that, you know? Oh, easy. So easy. All right, so I, I was I was seven and I was playing Resident Evil 2 and it, 
Anybody who's played it knows exactly where I'm going with this. So deep down in the lab, there's that there's that room with the there's like a mirror in it, right? And you're walking through there. It's got like that really like chill music, really ambient. And then a liquor just busts through the window. I remember I I flipped a lid. I started crying. I I just stopped playing. I turned it off. I ran to my like my mom and I uh, to this day I have never played the original since. I did play the remake and it did it didn't hold up to the same level of fear. But uh but yes, that was the most scared I have ever been playing a game. If you could recommend somebody who plays a lot of horror games like i mean a truckload of horror games one horror game which one would that be huh this is the tough one as well um i'm a big fan of just taking it back to where it all started uh i'd play sweet home for the nest the in the english translation it is it is challenging it is not too horrific but it is what I consider to be one of the first survival horror games. Um, it's got permadeath in it, so you're probably not going to get it done on the first try, but the character mechanics in it are outstanding. The story is loose enough to where if you just like want to play RPGs, you can go for it. You know, um, you can find out more story just playing throughout it. You know, that was that was probably the the biggest influence on Happy Bones, and it's, it's for a reason. Like, it's a solid game. Uh, it's one of those games that I wish that Nintendo, they, they totally never will do it. There's no way. But I wish they put it on like their like their uh, NES subscription service they have, right? Like the, what do they call it? It's like they're, it's they're called a virtual console now, but it's, it's Which, not that. It's the Switch Online. Yes, Switch Online, Basically. thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I wish they'd throw it on there. I think that's a highly underrated horror game right there. And it's, it's one of the first. I wouldn't even say it's all that underrated, but a good choice be I'll allow it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and uh, another thing I would like to say is that Nintendo is very out of touch with everything, but never say never. Maybe the game still comes to their virtual console, to their subscription service. That would be awesome. S someday, someday they'll 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 bring over Mother Three too. A at one point, when Earth starts uh, stops rotating and Hell rises, then yes, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Okay, so, last question. You are invited to speak in front of the United Nations on behalf of all video games. What would you tell the United Nations? I would tell the United Nations to take a step back. Okay, let's 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 look at this from, from a, a broader perspective. I think a lot of, I'm not saying every last one of them, but there have been some very vocal uh, elected officials that, you know, they're dumping all over the video game industry. You know, people fear what they don't understand. Uh, video games are the culmination of all art form, be that novelization or writing, animation and art, music, and of course, entertainment. So I think there's a there's a lot of good things that video games can do for people, uh, for their mental health, for their spiritual health. And I don't think that we've figured out most of them yet, right? So I would tell them, don't judge a book by its cover. If I if I had to sum it up in, in one sentence there. Good. Because you already touched upon that. We had the tragedy in Texas not too long ago. I think it was in Texas, right? And now the... A, a lot was. of... Or, or not a lot, but some of the American officials already blame video games again, but we do that tango for what now over almost 30 years so it's whatever 
I, I just, I, I'm just at this point like, yeah, so what? It's not video games. Like, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't think it's video games, you know? If that was the case, then, you know, it's movies as well. <laughs> we've, we've had more movies longer than we've had video games, right? Or, 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 or violent books. We had violent books even longer than we had violent movies. And we've been playing, we've been playing war. We've been playing cowboys and Indians, like a, as chick kids, like way before we even had that, right? Yeah, it's, it's whatever. I, I mean, it's, it's, it's a, it's a topic as old as video games itself, but yep. I think the voices and the outrage basically gets quieter with outrage because it doesn't even go as much through the media as it used to be because I still remember Jack Thompson if you I don't know if you remember that guy who wanted to ban all the GTAs in the world or whatever I don't know that was huge so yeah I, I, I okay I do remember that and I remember that my mom would not let us play Grand Theft Auto. So I'm wondering if that's why. I'll have to, I'll have to call her up after this and ask her. <laughs> mom, wasn't I able to play GTA because of that stupid lawyer that got barred later on? <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I, think, I think you're right. I think it gets a little, like, less loud with each one because I... Um, I was watching Stranger Things last night, and you know, in it, it, it's taking place right around the time where Dungeons and Dragons, like, oh, this is satanic, it makes people violent. And I'm wondering if that was the start of it, right? And then it just like escalated from there. You know, video games are violent. Doom came out. This is horrible. GTA came out. You know, all, all the all the big ones that shake things up. Um, and nowadays, it's like, you know, yeah, we have that tragedy here in Texas, and somebody immediately was like, oh, it's those violent video games, and nobody cares. You know, because we're smarter than that now. Yeah, we, we, we've we grown up, I guess. And the more we allow in video games, the more mature the medium also becomes. Because I think in art, n almost nothing should be off limits. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think anything should be off limits. You know, I think games like, like, like Heavy Hearts, they have their own place. All right? I'm not going <laughs> to lie. I'm really looking forward to playing that. Not my kind of game, but dang, I am I am open for it. I'm excited for it. And that's its own game genre. You know, the people who want to play that, they should be able to play that, yeah. right? The people yeah. who don't want to play it or should not be playing it, yeah, they don't have to play it. That's a good final word. We should be able what we want to play. Freedom. Exactly. Freedom. Yeah. <laughs> Cute eagle screeches. sound. Yeah, exactly. yep, there it is. <laughs> That was that was my uh it sounded like a dying pig but that was my my american uh eagle screech <laughs> i love it okay and that has been the orco cast with frosted here so thank you for coming hey thank you for having me i i have thoroughly enjoyed every minute of this awesome glad to hear it and we'll be back with another interview soon and you all take very good care of yourselves and have a good time bye bye bye